Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony the Bull Caruso and is back with you. We are so excited for this episode because we can now announce that the wise man doth hath make his return to our hallowed shores. Yes, fresh from his stint of six weeks up in the motherland of England, he is back with us in Australia to talk all things cricket. The wise man, Matt Mears, welcome home. Oh, well, thank you, Caruso. Yes, it's uh, it's a bit bittersweet, shall we say, to be home. Obviously, uh, it's um, wonderful to be home, friends, family, whatnot. But as we'll go through, plenty of things still happening on the opposite side of the world that after having been part of it for the last six weeks, it's taking a bit of getting used to to not being part of it, um, particularly... Uh, going through my first Saturday uh, being home and uh, having the boys being playing without me. That was uh, a bit of a wild ro- roller coaster ride, running through the uh, the live scoring, trying to keep up with what was going on. But uh, it is nice to be home. and It is nice to be back in the, uh, the old decent time zone. I can tell you jet lag is not a funny thing. It's still um, – it is still um, – something that I'm dealing with a couple of days later, even though I've been home and probably for a few days more. But um, it is good to be home. It is good that we can uh, celebrate the second half of my trip. For those who haven't listened to it probably firsthand, go back in the archives from a couple of weeks ago, listen to our part one of um, what was going on where I was recording um, from the motherland. But um, now that we're back here, now we're back on... uh, Aussie Shores, we can go through the rest of the trip and uh, give um, an update of what's been going on at Effingham. Even in the last few weeks, a lot of things have, have gone on and uh, a lot of things are, are for the good. So uh, looking forward to uh, to talking about it and letting our Splinters listeners know what's been going on. Oh, plenty to talk about here. We're going to have, we're going to start off with the second half of your touristy update. Uh, going yeah. through some of the stuff you've been up to and about. We'll then go into the Effingham second 11, some absolutely monstrous performances uh, in the second and 11s up to and including your departure. Um, so we'll go through those. And in the second half of the show, we will talk about this absolutely monstrous run that the Effingham first 11s are going through and Matt Mears, they could be on to big things this year. Yeah, well, I said, uh, that's another part that's a bit bittersweet because I said I have made a few promises that I might not be able to commit to uh, and keep um, once we get to the uh, end of the season. But um, we'll, we'll talk about both those a bit later. But I said, a lot of good things on the horizon 
both for the second 11 and, and particularly for the first 11 um, with, with how their seasons are going currently? Well, with that, the umpires strikes back and you just are on their respective ends. It has ticked over time. We are all set for play. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off with a little bit of fun on the show tonight. Measy, you, you sort of you had a bit of a chat with us about having a bit of a wander around from Guildford all the way down to guess the outskirts of Southampton and back. What else did you get up to during your time in England? Um, like I said cricket did take up a fair whack of my time. Um, I said. Southampton was something I got to talk about last time we we did part one. Um, this time I got to go probably a, a bit closer to um, to well quote unquote home of Guildford where um, we got to go to uh, Lords. So I got to pay my respects to the home of cricket. Um, also did a day at the Oval, which was really good, and um, which of course the home of Surrey cricket. The home of Surrey Cricket. So, um, lucky enough to um, catch a, a day of the county championship at the Oval, which was really good. Um, someone we, we've seen quite a bit, Daniel Bell Drummond. Um, he was in action um, for Essex, I believe, who were the, the, the opposition. I'm probably very wrong on that one in my jet lag brain, but he was definitely playing in that game and um, he turned up in that. So it was good to uh, get a bit of uh, a bit of um, familiarness over there. But uh, yeah, that was a great day at the Oval, obviously a, a wonderful uh, place to watch, uh, to watch cricket from. And um, another thing uh, what was really weird was that you could able to go onto the field at the luncheon break. So really, you're there and you can go up to within about two metres of the pitch and uh, have a look at how the pitch is playing. And and for those who don't know at the Oval, the the, the, the centre wicket goes side to side. So it goes from one end at the fence to the other. So they use those really wide out pitches for a bit of training. So um, few of the like the, the second 11 or the, the 12th man or whoever coming back from injuries, etc., we're out there having a little bit of a, a hit and a ball around. So you can literally go out and stand about two meters, three meters away from them having to go on the, on the practice pitches as well. So um, that was a really cool experience to be able to go and stand in the middle and, and have a look around and, and look up, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the, the trip to Lords um, got to go and watch um Middlesex in action. Um, got to go with Ed, our uh, club captain. For those who remember, if you go back and listen to about Splinters episode forty, um, he was on there with uh, with us on that one. So he he hooked that up, and for me and another one of our mates, Gibbo, um, to go along. Nice uh, MCC uh, members tickets there in uh, the Warner Stand, right next to the, uh, the the old clubhouse there. So. Um, very good seats. We'll thank uh, Ed's uni mate John for for hooking those up. But um, great atmosphere there. Got to and and again got to watch some um, some very familiar names and names that I've called here on Triple H. In uh, Chris Green, uh, Daniel Sands was also playing as well. 
Um, so, yeah, a bit weird that it was on the other side of the world, but uh, all these familiar names keep popping up. He did, I went over and said hello to a couple of these boys, given we've called them throughout our time. I tried to get in the pavilion, but um, unfortunately, Triple H doesn't have too much of a name recognition at Lords. Um, I did try, though, um, yeah. if I well, could I, get in. I, but... tell what I, I tell you what I have done. I managed to find that game you might have been to see, which was Surrey versus Kent. That uh, could be very well true what it yeah. was. Yes. So what a, for those who don't know about the scores, this is absolutely ridiculous because Surrey declared at seven for 673. I, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Pasha Mamla, 124. Ben Geddes, 124. Sam Curran, 126. Will Jacks, 103, not out. Jamie <laughs> Smith, 55. Ryan Patel, 40. Gus Atkinson's 42. What was what was Ken throwing up? Um, not a whole, not not a lot. Uh, <laughs> we saw that um, in reply that uh, Kent. Um, Piled on the runs as well, so I tell you the the oval is a, is a very nice place to play on. Well, um, and then the runs flow, the runs flow. Well, there were some runs. It was only from a few of them, and not to that extent. But uh, you mentioned Daniel Bell Drummond; he did get a hundred and two in that game. Jack Leaning got seventy five, and Jordan Cox got forty seven, along with Joe Denley getting thirty eight. So there were some runs there, but my God. What a uh, what a batting performance! But that's a that's a stacked lineup for Surrey. Oh well, well Surrey. I, I hate to make comparisons, but Surrey are the the almost New South Wales of the um of the the county championship. Remember that they've had they had guys out as well, um, both through the Test squad and the ODI squad. Because you remember, like guys like Jason Roy, um. Uh, ben Folks, who who was out with uh, COVID, I believe, but he is the sorry wicket keeper. But he has been part of the England Test squad. If I just remember talking through through one of the a couple of the guys over there, but sorry had six or seven guys out and still put in in that team and that performance, and that's not including guys like Sonny Noreen and Chris Jordan and these sort of guys that are on white ball only contracts. Like, they just seem to flock to Surrey. I don't know what it is, but um, you can see that they're very successful because of it. But um, I said they were very successful in the in the Vitality Blast, which is their T20 competition. Um, I believe they went down by one run to Yorkshire last week um, to miss out on finals day. But um, I think that was something they should definitely be in, in, in finals day. I think probably what put them past it was the fact that England were playing a T20 or something the next day or the same day, which uh, ruled out quite a few um, of their big players, including Chris Jordan, um, which probably hampered their chances in that one. But still, um, yeah, sorry. Ollie Pope, how can I forget? Ollie Pope, another one. He did play that Vitality Blast game after coming off the Test Series. But, um, yeah, Surrey is one of the powerhouses of um, – well, it is the powerhouse um, – you see by Dom Sibley, um, he got announced um, in the past week as well that he'd be coming back to Surrey, uh, a Surrey junior. Uh, he he went off to Warwickshire, I believe, to get opportunities, but they just can all come back home and it's just a, an embarrassment of riches. Going, going off to play with our good mate, Matty Lamb, over at, um, over at Warwickshire. Yeah, so no, he, he did, but, um, but yeah, no, coming back now to uh, the Mighty Ray, but... Um, 
yeah, one of those uh, clubs that, yeah, and it's good to see that we we did try and get a bit of a club night to go to one of the Vitaly Blast, but unfortunately this sold out too quickly. We could never get tickets, but um, it, it is good to see that the boys do follow well. I think most most people have a, a Surrey shirt. I, I think I believe I have three now um, because they do have some good discounts in their store at the Oval. I did, I did go through there at uh, lunchtime, got one, got myself a nice uh, – Long sleeve Adidas um, playing shirt for twenty quid. Awesome, but um, mate, these things are worth at least forty to fifty quid just off the shelf. Like we wear them for Effingham, we wear Adidas um, gear, which is uh, really good. But to get a long sleeve for twenty quid, I'll be wearing it all freaking summer out in the uh, out in the sun with the long sleeves. I might even uh, have to ditch the old hardboard shirt and be wearing this instead. Well, I'm sure our good sponsors at ISC Sports would pretty be appreciating listening to this as well. So, um, well, they're not uh, in they're not in England. So, what can I do? Well, that's fair. You know, that's, that's they're not in England. Good, so. But maybe maybe I need to maybe I need to get um, ISC to, and um, hardboard to to have a bit of a meeting, and we'll uh, get some quality gear there. Oh, I reckon why not? I mean, we're all about the the merch, aren't we? We all are all about the merch. Yes. Yeah, so definitely so. We are. So, anything else that you did while you were over there? Well, they said we had the day. At, we had the day out at Lords as well um, with the boys, which was really good. Uh, a Thursday night on a train strike, which was um, not the most fun thing, but um, able to do a bit of tube hopping and uh, a bit of driving into uh, the middle of Clapham, which was uh, quite interesting to say the least. But um, Good fun with the boys. Um, trying to go and have a drink though after a, after one of these games, we found a, a bit a bit um, a bit of a interesting uh, proposition because for for those who don't know, Lords is in sort of suburbia. It, a, a bit of a way to describe it would be like it's like Brookvale Oval, where it's just sort of this sports stadium plonked in the middle of um, a residential zone. Probably a bit to a bit bigger scale than Brookvale Oval, but it's it's hard to find a, a, a Sydney equivalent. Um, but yeah, I tell you, even on a Thursday night, the pubs um, end up um, absolutely packed. I think we walked for about half an hour trying to hop around um, anything that may have may have sold any sort of alcohol. End up getting the tube down in the next street with Baker Street. No, we didn't get to see Sherlock Holmes, but um, still. Um, we went home a bit thirsty after that one, but um, it is, it's another good thing over there, though, that um, the, the social side is fun and it is good to be able to get to the cricket as well. It's just how different things are and um, how the same they are at the same time and um, anything that those English sort of uh, things like that, I'm always trying to count myself in for. Well, there's one of our favourites who is currently not far down the road from you who would have been playing a couple of games of Lords for the for the Middlesex women's team mm. is uh, Saskia Hawley at the moment who's been given the, the captain's role for the Middlesex women's. So she's been down for a couple of games down at, um, at Lords as well. Yeah, well, the one thing I was disappointed about was that there was to be a, um, a Middlesex versus Surrey, the, the London Cup. Um, they were supposed to have a game on at the Oval while I was there, but it was uh, postponed due to all the um, rail strikes. Oh, um, that's a shame. That, that would have been awesome. Yeah. I said I actually got to go to it in 2019 when it was at Lords, and uh, it was a good little game. It was a bit of a sleeper game because a lot of the women's 
sport. They a lot of the women's cricket uh, are played either as the hundred. Or, or it's played as a, a sort of a, a higher series where a lot of the clubs join up and, um, and and it's not the full counties. So when you actually see some county women's games, you you, you sort of grab onto that. But um, it was one I was going looking forward to, obviously, my sorry. But then to be able to watch um, Saskia do her thing and, and everything like that, it was a little bit disappointing that we didn't get that one on. But um, I do believe if it hasn't been played, it would be played in the next week or two. So... Yeah, just disappointing that it was on, that it was um, not on while I was there. But um, if I ever get to go again, hopefully should be there too. But um, we'll have to see. Nathan Hawley, if you're listening in, give us give us a bell if it happens. We'll make it happen. <laughs> so, let's let's move on to your team, the Effingham Second Eleven. Who, when we checked in last time, talking to you, they were sitting pretty in. I think it was second or third place just ahead of Chert and Chobham in the competition, mm. uh, they were starting to get a bit of a, on a run at when we started to split, when we were talking. And what you know, they've now gone, well, they, they won two before in a row before we spoke last time. They've then gone out in another four in a row. What a run this has been for Effingham in the second 11 Division Two competition in the Surrey County League. Yeah, it, it's just there's there's something about this this team at the moment. There's a bit of lightning in a bottle. Um, they've just been able. To, it, it's just one of these things that success success breeds success. I, I think that's the best thing. And we've seen the first eleven. They've been promoted um, a couple of times over the last few years. Um, you see that in the how they're going now. We'll obviously talk about them a bit later in the show, but it's just one of those things where you just see that winning can also be a mentality. Winning breeds winning. All those cliches, but this is what this team um, comes to be. And um, as I said there's some big wins there, but that game versus Chobham, boy, it, 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 that's one to talk about when we get to talking about these games as well. But it's almost like Effie, we've unlocked that formula, how to win, and um, it's put pressure on. It's make a decent first innings total, and um, it, we have that depth both in batting and bowling that a lot of the other teams just can't compete with. Well, let's get let's go into those four games that you did play. The first one uh, playing at home against. Long dip now to give everyone a bit of a sense of this. Um, Effingham, not far away from where you were staying in Guildford, it mm. is sort of, I guess you would say, to be south southwest of um, London itself. Just you'd say Long Ditton is actually not far out of Wimbledon. Yeah, actually. So uh, yeah, it, it is crazy. Obviously, with the Surrey League, it it sort of follows the old county of Surrey, um, sort of. Um, boundaries if if you will so a lot of teams from south london there is no sort of london county league it's it's the, the middlesex league if you're sort of north of london it's the surrey league if you're south of london so you do find you play a lot of teams sort of inside the m25 as well long didn't being one of those and uh yeah, this was going to be an interesting game, but um, the, the boys really um, got themselves go up and uh, going for this one. Yeah, absolutely. And you won the toss, elected to bat, and after your compulsory close, um, 211 for the loss of six wickets. 
Now, Josh Farrell, who's one of the known batters in the team, getting 64, but there's a story with this Alec, with Alec Muggleton. Yeah, Mug, well, um, well, well, Farrell, you can't deny Farrell, obviously. He, um, he's the, he's the leading run scorer in the whole of, um, the whole of the, um, the, the, the second, uh, 11 div two and um he's just been making runs for fun opening the batting you 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 and him would get on uh, i don't know if i don't know if you and him would get on very well or would be those the two in the club that would just have these impassioned like conversations i don't know like um very idealistic yeah uh, very opinionated and mate i love farrell is just that one guy in the club that you need to have both on and off the field but um yeah, Ali Muggleton, good. Uh, he's a good. He's a good story. Um, opens the bowling and bats at four. So, but he's only been playing cricket for about three years. Brought along to the club by uh, one of our our fellow uh, clubmen in um, Ollie Tebbets, and uh, this is actually his first ever fifty for the club at, at a time when it was needed most, particularly with a, a sort of a, a, a fairly. Uh, cobbled together middle order with uh, Tom Cobb, normally a left-arm spinner, batting at five. Um, now Russell, who uh, no longer being picked for uh, for the second 11, um, batting at six. So a bit of pressure on, but um, him and Farrell putting, putting together a very good partnership. And then absolutely rock and rolling, long dipping for 109. It could have been a lot worse if it wasn't for James Samuel, who got 30. We could share it all round, but Asim Iqbal, Two for eight off four point three to clean everything up. Oh, Cookie, um, probably the leading wicket taker in the whole club. Um, no disrespect to Cookie, love Cookie, but he's about five foot two off spinner. Just uh, comes in and uh, the the biggest ooh, grunt when he comes in, and you don't know whether it's the effort ball or the uh, the slower ball or anything like that, but. Change of pace. I can tell you, if you if you have a look at this scorecard, you see me me having to open up and take the first over. Literally, this game we had we had myself as a slow medium. We had Gibbo with his mediums, Sam Cobb seventeen, and then you had the left arm spin of of Mark Ransom, and then Cookie with his off spinners. So it was a very understrength bowling. Like I said that. The bowling depth of, of Effingham is quite good, but for whatever reason, this is the week that everybody seemed to be out in the bowling stakes. Um, a couple of guys had to go up to the the first eleven, and this is what we had to cobble together. So for for the boys here to get the job done, particularly bowling them out for one hundred and nine, um, this this win. When you go back and have a look at the end of the season, if uh, they get everything done and dusted, I think this is where you go back to looking like. We're onto something here, even even with an, a bowling attack that that we is probably not representative of our strength. We can get the job done. You then come to one of the big matches oh. for the competition against Chobham down the road. Huge match. This you didn't get the chance to bat. Chobham won the toss and elected to bat and put a very competitive totals uh, on for two hundred and three for the loss of six wickets. Archie Anderson, 58. Ian Lackey, 47. Alex Trevors, 38. Sam Cobb, absolutely outstanding. Three for 17. Yeah, don't don't praise Cobby. You'll um, inflate his already big uh, 17-year-old ego. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, for those, for those listening, Effie, you'll know, we'll know our little uh, 
rivalry, love-hate relationship uh, between me and Cobby. No, I love Cobby. He's great, but we, we do need to take him down a peg or two um, when we can. But um, it was it was a, it was a it was a really unusual innings. Um, I said first week it didn't go down when I until I came on in about the twenty fifth over. Uh, a bit of a change of bowling tact after the last game. Um, when it was about one for, and that 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 took them to about one for 120. Um, for those who don't know, Chobham, it's it's almost on it. The, the 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 field is probably one of the the more traditional, like the SCG, where everything runs away from the with the pitch at the top. So anything that beats the field will just run down the hill for four. We were talking before the game that, it, that you needed at least 220 to be competitive um, as a par score. So when when they were none for 120 uh, in the 25th with 20 overs to go, we thought, well, they're going to be on for 240, 250 here. So it was a great, great performance. I'll, I'll say myself because I got both the openers out. Um, but then um, for Ollie Rolton and, and then, yeah, Sam Cobb, three for 17, including a very smart catch by myself at uh, short mid-wicket um, to keep them to – to to um, two oh six or two oh three, my apologies. Um, yeah, that that's where that self belief comes in and um, that winning feeling come in because I think once we once we knew that um, we could um, actually have a go because we'd been scoring two hundred, um, it was on. But boy, we did it the hard way. Oh, indeed. For those who don't know, uh, of course, Cholham is just uh, just north of Woking, actually. So, uh, fun it fact, is. Just, just north of Woking. Just north of Woking, yeah. Yep. Nice 15-minute drive from Guildford. Absolutely. Maybe 20. Maybe 20. But, you, as you said, you were in all, all sorts um, in this innings. And then Nick Bond and Ollie Tebbets just came in and went, no, nah, you know what? We've got other ideas. We're going to take us at better than a runner ball to win with – Correct me if I'm wrong. Three balls to spare. No, it was three balls to spare because I, <coughs> I was padded up. Um, I was padded up, ready to go. I was the next person in. So, um, how was the pad rush? Oh, there, there's a. I had a lot of pad rush in the whole time I was over there, um, including the the 199 run partnership I had to uh, watch uh, for the second wicket while I was batting at four and uh, didn't get a bat, but. Um, this one was um, I was probably a bit more relieved at the end that um, I didn't have to go in because when they're seeing it like beach balls, um, you you sort of just want to let them do their thing. But yeah, Ollie Tebbett, uh, a, a fast bowler, an opening bowler, got some runs before, but um, for, I think he was telling me that his best his best his, well his best innings for the the twos was a seven. Um, before this, so to come out and get 43 off 30 balls, um, I don't think the opposition were quite expecting it, um, probably um, as much as uh, Ollie himself was not expecting it. But um, between him and the skipper, Nick Bond, to to get us from uh, 7 for 126, um, to get us across the line, um, Chobham haven't been the same. They haven't won a game since this one. And they sure were shocked. They, I think they still are because, as I said, I know we were – we celebrated pretty hard after this one. Um, I think I got home about 4 a.m. Uh, <laughs> <after laughs> um, Nothing bad ever happens after 2 a.m. We all know. 
Oh, we, we, went out, we went out in Guildford, so I was making the most of it because I could walk home. But um, <laughs> Pop World, mate. Pop World is the place to be. Um, but um, yeah, as I said, this this is a this is this is a, a season defining game because as I said, we knew that um, whoever won this was going to be in the top two um, come the end of the the first round of games, um, and it was an important one. But to do it in this fashion, when if you were in the um, Chobham team, when you had them seven down, and a lot of these teams, when you have sort of have teams five down, it's five out, all out. And I'm sure you've played in a lot of games like that as well. But um, it's just going to show that the depth that um, that Effingham has currently. And, um, yeah, I don't think I'll be playing in a game like that for a long, long time. Oh, with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish off the rest of the Effingham second 11 update and then get into the first 11 discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbyrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. 
Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. Anchor the Bull Caruso with the wise man, Matt Mears, and we're going to take a trip down memory lane for Mears' trip to Effingham. We're just currently going through the second 11 competition, the two wins that we spoke before the end of the break, before the break itself, was putting Effingham at four wins in a row. We then come to the next round against Chaldon COM Cricket Club at home for Effingham. And this was a fairly comfortable win in the end, Measy, for Effingham CC. Yeah, it was. Um, it, we probably put out one of our strongest teams um, to date. Um, Bit bittersweet for me being my last game. Um, but um, it was really to go out, it was really good to go out um, with a win. Um, I said Adam Iqbal coming in at the top of the order, um, the son of uh, of Azim uh, Cookie, as, as we mentioned before the break. Um, 50 or 55 balls uh, to start the innings. Um, he'll be a very handy opener um, for the rest of the season. He was out through to uh, school commitments. Um, yeah, he really anchored that innings, but it was good to see that you, you just look down the order and, and everybody played their part and, and contributed, um, to get us to a good total of 176. And, uh, it was always going to be too much for, uh, for Charlton to be able to, um, get that across the line. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then, wow, what a performance in the field. Charlton all out for 123. Mark Ransom, you mentioned him before, three for 24. Is this a mistake? Can, can I ask you, honestly, is this a mistake? Matt means three catches and a run out. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I, I'm having a look at the play cricket um, scorecard currently of, of this game, and I don't know who uh, put this in or, or who was having a laugh or, or whatever. Maybe whoever was doing the uh, live scores, knowing that it was my last game, just decided to give me everything. Um, I, I did take three catches while I was over there, but uh, throughout all the different games, not all in one. I don't know if I got a run out. I think I, I, I might have got one when I was backing up as the bowler. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I might have to send off a cheeky email and uh, and get them to fix that because uh, I need my stats looking uh, – they need to read correct. I don't need these uh, phantom catches. Uh, I don't get that many. I don't need them looking overinflated. <laughs> Surely they're doing you a favour by showing Arbor that you're actually, you're actually useful in the field. I'm not very useful in the field, but um, I think I found my uh, spot at uh, mid-wicket, the old AB spot, just uh, standing there looking can- looking cranky and then um, just taking the ball off the fly when it comes past. <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's in the book. As far as I'm concerned, that's in the book. It's in the book? <laughs> it's, it's, in the book. Someone, 
Mate, someone I, I got given someone's wicket, but he a couple of games ago, and it was he fought hard by the person. Well, it was Cobby, as I said. So <laughs> of course, of course, he fought for it to be uh, given back to him. But um, I'm sure someone will notice uh, sooner rather than later, and it'll be changed back. Well, with that, that's five in a row. We then go to the next game, the big one. It's one v two, Effingham versus Whiteley Village at home for Effingham. You won the toss. You got to do the team got to do what they love to do, which is back first. And what a total off their allocated overs, two hundred and thirty-nine for the loss of four. And what a story we've got, Alec Muggleton. You talked about him getting his first fifty ever, and then he goes and does one better. Well, yeah, hundred and eleven off one hundred and six. I'm sure his dad was there. He said his dad was there a few times. Um, with the old camera phone out um, recording his innings, he probably ran out of memory uh, with this one because uh, a fair lot of big shots I've uh, been reliably told uh, in this innings, but um, a real coming of age for, for him. Um, he's um, really coming and, and making that number four spot his own. Um, great partnership. Harrison Green, um I won't, I won't say forced out, but um, unlucky to miss out in a, a regular ones player. Um, probably hasn't had the season he's been like, but just with the uh, the amount that's available at the moment, he he made his way down and, and made fifty eight batting at three. So he'll be he'll be happy with that performance as well, and and put a put a bit of pressure on those guys uh, still up in that first eleven. Um, but again, when you make those sort of totals, teams aren't used to chasing it. The pressure comes on. Um, can't bat for a draw. It is the first year that that in this uh, second eleven competition that every everything is a limited overs game. So you used to be able to bat the draw. Can't do that anymore. So you either go for it or you look or you get quite embarrassed. But um, to be able to beat Whiteley Village, now we're top of the league by ourselves and. Um, I said that's the and that's the big game done. Um, you sort of have to ride that wave um, through the the rest of the competition. But uh, as I said, that was a big one. I know talking to the boys before I left that that was the one that was where they had to make the statement. And boy, did they make a statement in that one! Well, they did make a statement in that game because Whiteley Village all out for a hundred and forty three. Ben Painter, the only person getting any decent runs, forty six or forty six. But Mark Ransom getting in wickets again, three for 37. And really, just as Whiteley looked like they could have kicked on, he put the brakes on in a big way. Well, he actually, it's a good story with uh, with Mark Ransom. Um, found at the Nets uh, one day uh, while I was there. Um, I, I shouldn't say that because he, he did play for Effingham about 15 years ago. And, and this was under the old, old regime of Effingham where... I won't say dodgy practices was going on, but dodgy practices were going on. And um, he, he was a bit um, disillusioned, as you can be. And, and from what I've heard, talking to him and to others, that um, what was going on, I would have been as well. It, it's certainly not the the same club that I'm that, that I'm proud to be a part of. And that's what happens with different regimes. But um, to get him back, as I said, um, Josh Farrell, the man, um, finding him in the nets, um, Bowling at his um, stepson coming down to use the nets, a very popular nets there at uh, the Effingham Cricket Ground, um, and getting him to play a T20 with us. And then all of a sudden he's in the second uh, 
11 team when we, we need a slow bowler. And you can see with the last few games, he's, he's doing the job and, and cleaning up in that middle order. So it's good to see that, um, as I said, you can get people back in the club and he's playing like he's um, hasn't missed a beat for, for the last um, however long he has, hasn't played for and, and enjoying his cricket again. So it, it's great to see that, that he's doing the job. Well, with that, that is six wins in a row now for Effingham. What a run they're on at this stage. And with that big win against Whiteley Village, Effingham now taken second place in the second 11th Division 2 by 20 points, which, correct me if I'm wrong, Mizzy, that's effectively a round clear. I think you mean we're in first place. First we're, place, sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah we're, 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 we're 20 points clear of second, yes. which, is, which is, a well, as you said, a round clear. and. I think the best, the biggest thing is that we're over forty points again, again ahead of third place. So top two go up. As much as you love to win the league, it's it's first two past the post to get to get promoted, um, which is important because with the ones on their tear, you don't want to get you don't want to be left too far behind because you don't want to have that disparity where if you are like Harrison per se and. You have to do your stint in the twos from the ones you want to be playing the most competitive. And you want the guys that are playing in the twos that need to fill in in the ones to be playing the most competitive. So you want to have them as close together as possible. And um, with it currently being two steps down between Premier and, and Div 2, that's probably about the maximum you want to go. So if if the ones get promoted, obviously the twos want to go along with them. But uh yeah, it's been a great performance because I said that when I've been in, over there and, and um, played in the in the second eleven before, we've, we've not been in that position. Um, had some good games and and performed well, but um, to be top of the league, it's um, just yeah, it's just amazing. Watch out um, the rest of the season. Uh, Guildford City being the next one to come on Saturday, who are well and truly bottom of the league. Um, that's one game I'll be following because that could get quite nasty. In terms of like that, there there could well be an absolute bloodbath in terms of the results. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, three hundred could be uh, if we bat first. Three hundred could very be uh, could very well be uh, um, on the cards. Uh, uh, on the cards, yeah. Or oh. all out, or all out for sixty. So. Maybe the boys might want to go for the all-out for 60. I don't know. But talking to a few of the batters, they wanted to bat first in that game. <laughs> so going through the rest of the games, then they've got for the rest of the season. The, the, the game after that on the 30th is away against Chert. Now, this is crucial because, of course, this a win here could almost secure promotion. Yeah, and that was that was the last loss. That was my first game. Um, while I was there, they, they sort of did an Effingham on Effingham and um, batted first and, and batted us out of the game. few things did go wrong in that game. Our best bat, Andy Berry, was um, injured in the injured while fielding. We had to bat with 10 without him where possibly uh, he could have been the difference in that game. But um, the boys are, are looking fit, firing and ready now. I don't think – I think if Chirk go off that performance, they won't know what hit them in this game. Well – and then after that, it's a. I've got to say, you guys have got the easiest run home because you've basically got the bottom five teams, with the exception of probably Chobham. You've then got the. You've then got. Uh, yeah, you've got four of the bottom five teams to come after that. Yeah, well, as I said, you, you still need to win every game. Um, 
it's important to stay up there. You, you're talking about, we'll, we'll talk about the first 11 in a minute. They, they've had a few games where they've tripped up a little bit, but um, yeah, games like uh, West End, that, that, that'll be tricky. Uh, the Van, Weybridge Vandals, they beat um, Chobham over the weekend. So they're going to be dangerous as well. So yeah, it's not a, it's not a, just a, a put in take out competition, but um, as long as the boys can uh, keep themselves together, um, there's not too much in availability. A lot of holidays um, I've heard uh, are booked for August as well. So they need to make sure they keep putting um, good teams out on the park because um, yeah, come that third of September, um, we want to see a, a big double promotion celebration. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of which, let's go to the first 11s playing in the Surrey first 11 Premier Division, which I believe is actually one of the, the highest competitions in the um, the Surrey League. Well, it is the top division of the Surrey League. Um, you win this, you get promoted into the Surrey Championship. So um, that'd be huge, obviously. Uh, it, I don't think Effingham have played in the Surrey Championship Um um, before um, they've they've been in the premier um, competition and then and then drop back down as such is the promotion relegation that um, it runs under. But yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, a huge um, huge injection for the club. Obviously, a, a lot more interest um, gets on people's radars and um, with a lot of big clubs like Guildford is a is a is a huge club. Leatherhead, which sort of. Uh, Effingham is in the middle of, uh, they're only about, it's, it's almost having like two grade clubs in Sydney within 10 minutes drive of your, um, of your home is pretty much how it, how to describe, um, having Guildford and, and Leatherhead so close, um, with Effingham sort of, um, nestled in the middle. So to, to be able to, to sort of show them that we can play in the championship too, um, that, that's going to be, um, that's going to be absolutely huge, but, there's still a long way to go and um, a bit of a shock loss over the weekend, which we'll get to. Um, maybe maybe, the, maybe a good wake-up call for the boys, but they are still leading uh, the, the Premier 1 competition. And, um, yeah, they've had some good games. They've had some bad games. But, yeah, still at the top there and um, looking the goods. Well, let's go through Let's go through these uh, these competitions and uh, the, the competition here. And... Really, they got off to an absolute flyer, winning their first four matches. Um, easy wins in, in a couple of these in particular uh, against Woodma, uh, Woodmanstone, which was just an absolute walkover. Uh, Woodman's, Woodmanstone all out for 60 and Effingham getting the runs for only the loss of two wickets. Won't go into that one too much apart from uh, Will, or should I say, is that Dr. Farnsworth who got four for seven in that game? I don't know if they've made the uh, the old Futurama reference, but um, but Farney here, he is my um, down under singing partner. Um, yeah, four for seven um, in that game with his with his medium paces. Um, again, you'll we'll mention him a bit later on for his batting prowess, but uh, a good all rounder to have in the club. We then go to the game against Got uh, Goldming, where Effingham. Did something they don't normally do, which is where they won the toss elected to bat. They've normally, I've noticed they've normally been a, a team that does well when chasing. Yeah. But here, they put a decent score on Chris Fusen, 
Of the 228 that they scored off their 45, Chris Fusen getting 126 not out. And Chris Fusen doing Chris Fusen things. Um, I think you'll find with it um, being a one-day game. So in the in the first 11, they have it's like it's a bit like park cricket here. You have half um, one-day games, and you half have half what we call um, declaration games, which are a, a bit longer and and have a bit more tactics. Uh, put into them. I think you'll find that the, the, the ones like to, to bowl first in those declaration games, get them out, know what you're chasing. But in a one day, obviously we know that, um, as I said, it's um, a bit hit or miss what you do, bat or bowl first. But um, Chris Fusen, mate, I tell you, if, if there's one, there's plenty of guys that I'd love to come and see play in Australia. But this, mate, if, if I ever offer him to you for, at Warringah, take him because he bowls absolute wheels and then can come in at six and, and belt runs like this. So I used to play with him in the Sunday 11 um, way back in the day. He made a 200 in about 30 overs. Jeez. A 200 in 30 overs. So the kid can play. Um, but, yeah. He, he, is, he, is he Frankie's age? 24s? No, he, he's a bit older now. So he's, he's, oh, probably, late, he's, a bit, he's probably late 20s now. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, um, he, he, he can do the business. Um, obviously, uh, work and, um, girlfriend commitments probably keep him away from as much, a bit more cricket than he'd like to play. But, um, yeah, he, that, that's just Chris Houston doing Chris Houston things. And then, um, good job by the bowlers to, um, to keep him to 120, 168 off their 45, um, in reply. We then move on to the game against Alan CC, and I can hear the um, meerkats going off in the background right now. So oh, we'll save that right now. Um, Alan getting all out for 148. Chris Fusen, more Chris Fusen things. Four for 37 mm-hmm. off his 7.5, and then Evingham getting there eventually. Cameron Walters, 40, a very patient 46 of 110. Well, yeah, you have to be patient with with Cam. Um, he's a, he's our other. Um, he, if for those who remember episode forty odd of Spinners, um, he was our other guest with Ed. Um, it's good to still see him um, involved. Go, he goes to Union Bristol and then comes back for the weekend. Is that a drive? Yeah, it's about two hours. He said about two hours. Oh. But um, he's someone I've known since he's about thirteen, from when I first started visiting. So it's always good to. Uh, Catch up with him now. Now in sort of yeah, finishing uni now. It's scary to think about, um, but yeah, he he's been doing a good job opening the batting um, for the team, getting the teams across the line. Um, just that sort of rock in the innings, but um, yeah, I think Effingham know that they said if they can get the wickets and they've got that good bowling lineup, they give their batters as ma- as much time as possible to uh, to get the get the job done. And that showed in the very next game as well, where Mero were knocked over for 122. We could share it all around, but uh, Alex Cooper, 3 for 18, and Cameron Walters, again, 64 off 97, a very patient innings, but uh, a great bowling performance there for Effingham against Mero. Yeah, and that's that's what they do. That, um, that, that As I said, you try and bowl them out, and then... Um... You try and bowl them out for that 100, 120 score and then use the rest of the overs to to, to knock them over. It said it's it's almost the reverse of the of the twos formula to, to bat first and bat big. Um, they back their bowlers, which is good to see. 
We then move on to round five, which is the I guess the first slip up experience by the um by Effingham in the competition. And it's mm. a, a team that has been known to be a bit tricky in by fleet. Yeah, I said again that they, they sort of went against their formula. Um by fleet probably had a bit of a look through play cricket and uh and, and see that they like to chase and uh, elected to do that themselves. And um, boys just didn't get enough runs all, all out for 110. Um, it did it did rock them a little bit. Um, I think I think with them sometimes, yeah. I think all good teams need a little bit of a kick up the bum every now and then, and I think that was probably theirs. We then move on to round six, the game against Hawley CC back at back at home. Effingham uh, winning the toss, sorry, electing to bat in this one, which is a little bit un- unusual for them. But um, no, in I think the you end, Effingham, Effingham fielded first. In oh, this they game. did field first. Sorry, apologies. They yep. did field first. Hawley, uh, 151 for nine at the end of their innings. And tell me in particular about the, these guys. It must be brothers, Anthony and Dominic Brown. Father and son, mate. Father, Father and son. son. Yeah, old, old Brownie Anthony Brown. Um I won't say how old he is, but uh, left-arm swingers that uh, he'll bowl about 10 to 12 on the trot up front with the um, unlimited overs in uh, the declaration games. And then you got Dom um, right-arm quick over um, coming from the other end. It is, a, it, is a, it is an unusual opening partnership. Yeah, father and son and then left-arm, right-arm. But uh, they do the job um, very hard to get away. And then... Uh, Benji Thomas, our our keeper bat, uh, getting the team across the line with fifty four. Another another great player. I said great with the gloves, and then yeah, can bat anywhere in that top four and, and make and makes good runs. Now the next game that was that's a crucial game that because that mm. put Effingham well clear at the top of the the ladder, and then they extended. I will the say, I will game. say, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, Carissa, but if anybody actually wants to watch that Hawley game, it is available on YouTube as a half an hour, um, as a, as a half an hour highlights package done by Hawley CC. So if you just search that in YouTube, um, it's actually available there, um, and you can see Farney hit the last ball for six um, to to get them across the line. But um, a, a good thing that Hawley does they they do most of their games. They have a guy that comes down and records it and commentates, and then and then I've seen this it up into a into a half an hour package. So I, I've I've heard about this from Hall, from Hall. I was wondering where the name sounded familiar, but you're quite right. They do have a few of these. I think they've had one or two guys even do what a helmet cam from time to time. Yeah, they do all sorts of things. So yeah, go. But yeah, I, I'd suggest if you if you're keen on that one, go check it out. Um, yeah, it was, I, I've watched it, um, through it, it, very interesting. And yeah, you get, it's at, at the EC, ECG, Colvin Cricket Field. So you'll get to see where, um, where I, the, the hallowed turf where I get to play on as well. So yeah, it, it is an interesting one to, to see how much goes into, to some of these things. We then move on to the next game, which if we thought that the game against, uh, Hawley was big, this one would be just as big, which is against Weybridge Vandals. Now, like you guys are basically like for like in terms of having your team in both the first and second competition at the same time. But unlike in the second competition where Effingham's clearly got the wood over Weybridge, this was going to be a much tighter affair and so it proved. Yeah, I said um, Weybridge getting to 177, probably a bit more than what um, 
the the ECC boys were expecting. Actually, even though they're in like we're in parallel competitions, this game was played the week after we'd played there, so we we could give them a bit of a good intel because we played pretty pretty much on the same pitch the week before. Um, Joe Roberts um, doing the job forty four actually played with us in the in the second eleven game and then goes up and plays in the first eleven game and gets the team across the line. But um, an, an unusual Weybridge ground. Um, I don't know if you know. Do you know if you know Bath Cricket Ground where it has this um, ridge at one end? So essentially, like you have your you have your pitch area, and then as you go down to sort of fine leg and third man, it just goes up about a couple of foot, and then flattens out again. This is the same at uh, at Weybridge. So if you run ups too long, you actually start running downhill before you flatten out. Unusual to get used to. Yeah. Um, I'm normally but, used to having to deal with a step up onto the square, not a running down like that. Yeah, but this is when you start your run. Yeah. Not, not, not at the pitch. It's like it's a good 10, 20 yards away from the uh, the pitch. But uh, one of those nice little quirky things that you get to see uh, in England. But, um, yeah, no, it was good performance by the boys. It was one that they needed to win. And, um, yeah, Weybridge ain't the – most fun play, but fun fact, if you go through the trees, you're actually playing right next to the River Thames. Oh, nice. Oh, did not know that. I can imagine a um, big enough hit. Could it end up in the Thames? Um, it'd have to be uh, Adam Gilchrist on steroids. Okay, fair enough. I'll take that in mind. It is, it is, it is pretty far away, but you can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we then go to the next one, which is Effingham versus Newtigates, who are coming stone medalists last in the competition. And really, this was just a complete and utter walkover, this uh, Newtigate all out for 62 after Alex Cooper and Anthony Brown ran through them. Um, yep. Seven wickets back between them. Nothing more to be said in this game, really. We then come this on was, to the... This was the, this, was the ga- this was the reverse game of the game where we... Um, where we got the job done in that last over where we chased down Chobham. So, and it was also Alex Cooper's birthday. Um, oh, what a birthday so, present. So, yeah, four for 10 with his shock and horror bowling where he bowls it probably halfway down the pitch more often than not. But, yeah, the boys actually were a bit half cut waiting to waiting for us to get back to go to, to Guildford for Pop World. But then you yeah, actually watched the, um, the last couple of overs via FaceTime. Um, and on the ECC, if you if you go to um, uh, ECC 1853 on Instagram, you can actually they actually have the response of them watching the boys win in the twos at the ground, watching it through FaceTime. So another cool yeah. thing that the boys got to uh, see that, even though at different grounds. We then move on to probably one of the more exciting matches against oh. Linkfield. This was a match that was drawn. Uh, as you said, this is a declaration game. Yeah. And Lingfield really did bat time, didn't they, to avoid the loss? Yeah, well, this is one. This is actually Lingfield um, are on Frogbox. Frogbox is actually sort of coming up. Uh, we know Frogbox, they, they cover a lot of the, the Sydney grade competition. Um, but we actually got to watch the last few overs on Frogbox when our game finished. And um, I said, Don Brown getting two of those wickets in the final over. Um, we thought we might have been on and, and had a, another finish like we saw last week with us and uh, them getting the job done at the end. But um, unfortunately for us, Lingfield just holding on. 
But um, another good game um, with, with Benji Thomas, 80 of uh, 98 deliveries, just showing his class. And then, yeah, Tom Brown, uh, six six for 71 off his 18 overs. So, yeah, just another one that, yeah, you got to put down to. That, that's what you're going to get with Declaration Cricket. Um, they, they do like that over there. They like a good winning or a losing draw rather than just having a win or a loss. But, um, yeah, another one that they sort of um, – Another good learning game, but um, good to see that, that the batters were in form there to get 222. And then you came to Woodmanstone, uh, the return match, and they were out to they were probably out for revenge. They got it, um, and in a very low scoring game, this one. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the formula was um, followed, and, and Woodmanstone all out for 140. Um, but yeah, this Effingham. Um, for whatever reason, some very tight bowling. Joe Joe Hyatt, five for forty-eight off twenty-three point four bowling, unchanged throughout the whole innings. That's what Declaration Cricket can do. Um, but yeah, the boys just not getting it done. Maybe just another blip. Maybe just another kick up the bum that they need. But uh, a bit of a shock loss considering where Woodmanstone are on the table. But um, yeah, the boys still in first um, on the ladder even coming out of this one. So, yeah, they'll, they'll need to bounce back, and I'm sure they will. Well, with that, as you said, they're still in first place. There are 153 points, 22 points clear of Hawley CC. Uh, and But just as important is Effingham is currently on track for promotion. They're 25 points clear of third-place Weybridge Vandals. Mm-hmm. Um, and the upcoming matches, they've got uh, Godalming, Allen, Murrow, and Byfleet. But the big game, pencil it in, it'll probably be live-streamed as well. The 13th of August, they will be away against Hawley CC, and this match could decide first place. Yeah, I'm sure the boys will um, put it on again while the the, the, the cameras are rolling. But, yeah, the, uh, uh, there's going to be some huge games here. Um, just like the two, just need to keep winning. Just need to take it one week at a time. But, um Certainly, as we've seen, the, the talent's there um, to get the job done. But I said it's a long season. We're only halfway through. Um, I know I'll be following uh, a lot of fun Saturday nights, following the, uh, the, uh, the, the live scoring, or hopefully there might be a, a few more frog boxes uh, yet to come. I said hopefully Lingfield bring the frog box with them when they play uh, that final round. I don't know if they do or not, but... Um, yeah, it's exciting to see, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll continue to give some updates on the bench, and and maybe perhaps even we can do a an end of season wrap for for Effingham and, and get a few of the boys on the on the line for it because um I'm sure there's a couple of them that that would love to uh, have their podcasting debut, so to speak. Oh, absolutely, we can we can make that happen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is time here on Splinters the Bench Podcast. I want to thank and welcome back home. The wise man, Matt Mears, and we look forward to having him back calling with us again as we move well and truly into the second half of our winter of sports in 2022, the comeback of Triple H Sports in winter sports. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to it. Lots of big things um, penciled in. Um, so, yeah, as I said, the, just hit the ground running while I'm back. But just before we go, just again want to send a, a great big thank you to everybody at the FEM club from uh, from the chairman, Paul Stroud, down down to just to everybody. Um, for those who have seen my social media will see uh, the, the cap presentation at the final game. I got my own English baggie 
um, in Effingham green and gold, um, name monogrammed on the side and, and everything. It meant so much that um, they were able to do that. Um, words don't describe how it is over there. And um, yeah, just a big thank you to everybody um, for letting me do it again. Fifth time that I've been made the trip across to uh, to play for the, the mighty ships. And uh, let's hope it's not the last because um, it, it is a special place. Absolutely. Well, mate, we're, we're very proud of uh, what you've done over there. We're very proud of this friendship as well between Triple H and the Effingham Cricket Club. We look forward to having them on the show very soon. That is full-time here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of Matt Mears, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.